You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is Answer the Call. Answer the Call. I'm from Louisiana. Louisiana is known as the sportsman's paradise. It's got a lot of bayous. It's got a lot of swamps. And you can't cultivate really a lot of that area. So you just go in there and hunt the creatures that are in there. Uh, A lot of my family on my dad's side are are hunters. My dad used to be a hunter. Um, I'm slowly... Uh, building up a budget uh, to become a hunter um, by faith. We're getting there. Uh, and uh, I've got to hunt a couple times um, in, in Texas. And a big thing in, in Louisiana is duck hunting. People love to duck hunt so much that we had a show uh, created called Duck Dynasty, if you've ever seen it, um, that centers around a, a family who uh, built and created a duck call. Um, and so when you go duck hunting, you go out to the marsh, you go out to the blinds, you bring your guns, and you bring your duck calls, and you whack, 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 whack on that thing, uh, they'll come. I don't want to, they'll, they'll start landing in the cars. I don't want y'all to, it's a gift, it's a, it's a blessing, a spiritual gift in Louisiana. <laughs> and so these, and not all the ducks will come, but some of them will hear the call and they'll come flying down there to investigate. And then the hunter does what a hunter does and, and gets some lunch. Now you see, God, who sent his son to be the call for us, and he's made a call out to all of humanity. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved, but not all people answer those calls. Now, when you do respond to that call, God is not like the hunter and kill you. He's not, <laughs> he's not a uh, vengeful, angry God. He's not sitting there with his shotgun waiting on you to come to get you. But he's waiting on you to come so that he can save you. He's calling us. He's always calling us. And I'm asking today as we dive into the text, will you answer that call? The scripture that we have is very familiar and and should be very familiar because it's the scripture uh, that this church is named after. Philippians 3 verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the verse that our church is named after. We've done a series on it, we've talked about it, but I want to talk about that last part of the verse, where it talks about the upward call of God, the upward call of God, that not only is God just calling us, but there's a call that is stronger, that is more impactful, and that has the connotation of bringing you up. Which means if you're coming up, means you're coming out of something below you. The upward call of God, it's a blessing to be called by God. But I've told you this before, that God is a God of abundance. God is a God of more than enough. It's not just, it wasn't just good enough to God that he would just call you. 
hey, buddy, come here. He also wants to bring you up to a higher place that you couldn't achieve, that you couldn't obtain, that you couldn't succeed in. He's the one that pulls you up, the upward call of God. In 2 Corinthians verse 3, chapter 3, verses 17 through 18, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And verse 18 says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And see, the writer, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians is referencing back to Moses in his time when he came down with the law, the Ten Commandments, and he had been face-to-face with God. He had, he had encountered God's presence so much that his face and his body was radiating the glory of God. And the people said, whoa, 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 that's too bright. You know like those new headlights when they're coming toward you? You know what they are, those blue ones. And you're like flashing them to try and get them to turn them off because you can't see anything. It was just so bright that he had to wear a veil over his face to hide the glory from the people because they couldn't handle it. And so Paul is referencing that in this passage here. And he's saying now, us being in Christ, we aren't wearing that veil anymore. We're now standing with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Well, that, that doesn't make sense. Because when I look in a mirror, I I see myself. I see my reflection. When I look in the mirror, I don't see my wife's reflection. I don't see. But he's making the statement that when you're looking in a mirror, what you see is the reflection of the glory of the Lord. Wow. Makes me want to stand up a little taller smile a little bit bigger of that's what God says I can see when I look in a mirror in myself that the reflection of his glory should be upon me now we with unveiled faces are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory whoa there's an upward calling there from glory to glory that word glory there is doxa in the Greek, D-O-X-A. It's got a couple different definitions. Number one, it's the opinion, the, adjud- the judgment, the view, whether good or bad, concerning someone. But then the second definition of glory kind of contradicts the first one. It says in the New Testament, the word glory is always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise, honor, and glory. The first definition is, well, it can either be good or bad concerning someone. But it says only in the New Testament, when glory is mentioned, it only means good. It's only a good opinion of someone. The third definition is splendor or brightness. The fourth one is majesty. I like the fifth one. A most glorious condition. A most exalted state. That God's upward calling for you is a most glorious condition and in a most exalted state. I don't wear a tie, but if I had one, I'd straighten it up a little bit. Makes you 
stand up a little bit taller makes you, I don't know about you, but it, it gives me some confidence of who God sees who I am, of who God wants me to be. He's calling us up higher. So how does he take us from glory to glory? How does he take us in an upward call? And we've done a sermon series on this before, and I just want to remind you, and it's actually in um, our statements of faith. Uh, if you want to know what this church believes, if you want to know what uh, your pastors believe, you can go to our website, presschurch.org, and um, I don't even know what section it is. Is it in the about section? We literally have what we believe. We're right there, right in, right in your face, what we believe. And uh, it's, it's a list of things of what uh, me and Maddie believe and what we're going to preach at this church. And it's broken down into uh, to big sections. Um, it talks about God, talks about Jesus, talks about the Holy Spirit, the big three. We need those. Uh, it talks about humanity. It talks about uh, the church. It talks about baptism, water baptism. It talks about... Um, Communion and tithing, I think those are all the, the main ones. And in those subsections, uh, we have statements that come straight from the Scripture. I don't want to tell you what I believe, I want to show you what I believe with Bible verses, of verse by verse of, of what we believe. So if you're ever interested or, or want to know what we as a church or somebody asks you, hey, what's that church about, what do y'all believe? We have our statements of faith on there and I encourage you to enjoy and read them. But we talked about a sermon series that we called The Great Exchange. And we talked about how Jesus became these things so that we as Christians can become these things. And it's how I see one way that God takes us from glory to glory, how he brings us up higher. Jesus became sin so that we could become righteous. That's in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become righteous. Another one, he became sick so that we could be healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, we are healed. He took on all sickness, disease, everything that has a name. He took all those on his back so that we could go from glory to glory to being healed. 2 Corinthians 8.9, he became poor so that we could be made rich. That through his poverty, we could be I'm rich. In Galatians 3, 13 through 14, he became a curse so that we could be redeemed. The curse of the law was broken and nailed to that tree so that me, being a Gentile, could be called redeemed. And the last one that we talked about was he became a son of man so that we could be sons of God. And it's something that I reference and talk about quite often because it's so impactful to me. The scripture says over and over and over again that the Gentiles were foreigners. The Gentiles were enemies. The, in, the Gentiles were strangers. That we had no part of being any part of this covenant. And not only did God allow us into his kingdom, if I was a Gentile, let me be a servant. Let me just go and Sweep in your kingdom, God. Let me just stay on the outskirts of the walls of heaven. I'll clean the windows. You pulled me out of hell. I didn't deserve to do it. That's great. He didn't just do that. He said, no, 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 come on in. You can be a son. 
Jesus is the one who says you can call him Abba Father. A God who was so far away, who if we see in the Old Testament was so disgusted with the Gentiles that now little old Cajun me can call him Abba Father, spend eternity with him. He's taken us from glory to glory. It's an upward calling that we need to answer. It's an upward calling that we need to understand who we are in him. You know that he's called us out of a lot of things. Ultimately, he's called us out of sin. You see, now in the world, sin is so applauded in our culture. Now, we don't have people on TV saying, hey guys, sin's fun, let's do it, yay. But sin is is just completely allowed. Every morning I usually wake up and I, I go through the news and just look at some of the news sites, make sure the rapture didn't happen, make sure I didn't miss it, you know, make sure Jesus didn't show back up or something, and just go through and everything in the news glorifies sin. We want to talk about the guy who got caught for murder. We want to talk about on social media, we want to slander people, we want to make fun of people, we want to bully people. We watch on TV and, and we watch these actors who are greedy, we watch these politicians who are lying, we watch these different things that are on the TV and they just keep highlighting sin. Okay, well, how can I overcome sin if it just keeps blatantly in my face. It just keeps hitting me in my face. You know, it's my job as your pastor, one, to, to encourage you not to sin. I mean, that, that should be like an understood statement when you come to church. Hey, don't sin. It's out there. But it's not good enough for the pastor or the church just to constantly say, don't sin. I'm bombarded with sin everywhere. It's our jobs as pastors to take it a step further and say, let me help you overcome sin. It's not good enough just for me to tell you not to sin. What you need is the answers on how to overcome sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In the world where sin is so prevalent and where sin is so thrust in our face, says he's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also make, here's the key right here, the way of escape. You want to know how to stop sinning? Quit looking at the temptation and quit looking at the sin. Start looking for that way of escape that God provided for you. 
He already said it. He said, I've already made a way of escape for you to avoid temptation. And if I can avoid temptation, then I can avoid sin. Because temptation is the thing that leads me to sin. We have sin blasted in the radio, social media, and the TV, in every way possible. We get all honed in on that. But the upward calling is to look for the way of escape. And when you start looking for the way of escape, when you feel that temptation coming, instead of staring it down, saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall again, I'm going to fall again, I'm going to fall again. No, 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 God said there's a way of escape. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's the way of escape? I'm looking for the exit door. I'm looking for it. God, show it to me. I'm not going to do this. It's an upward calling. It changes who we are. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be called now righteous. We talked about it when we talked about this series that, that righteousness, righteousness is a position, not a place that you're trying to strive for, not a place that you're trying to obtain. Righteousness, as soon as you say, Jesus, I believe in you, and you call upon the name of the Lord, you're righteous, and you've achieved righteousness. He's called us out of sin. He not only called us to quit looking for the sin, but to look for a way of escape. Thank you, God. You see, as we grow in our walk with God, there should be things of this world that fall by the wayside. You shouldn't still be struggling in dealing with the same things that you were struggling in dealing with whenever you got saved. That God's called you from glory to glory. That there should be a transformation. There should be a growing process as you go. To look back on my life and think, wow, I used to be like this. Or I used to struggle with this. But God has brought me so much further. Throughout my life, I've had a, a small issue. I say small. With anger. Little old tiny cuddly me, I know. But sometimes, my anger would get the best of me. And the other day, earlier this week actually, there was an incident that, that happened at the house. And usually, would have been a great time for the anger to, to spike. Ah! And I didn't even think about it. And Maddie came up to me like an hour or two later. And she said, hey babe. I said, hey babe. How's it going? She said, hey, I just want you to know I'm really proud of you. She said, that situation that happened, she said, normally you would do this or that. She said, but you controlled your anger and the situation was diffused. I said, what? I said, oh. But as I stood there, I thought, there wasn't even, in that moment, the anger wasn't even there for it to rise up. And then I thought, wait a second, I wasn't even thinking of getting angry in that situation. I thought, wow, God, you've, you've helped, you've changed, you've taken me from glory to glory. But you see, if I'm being honest with you, I, I haven't been on my knees in prayer begging God to take away the anger. I mean, I would like to think I, would, I could wish I could tell you I was more spiritual 
and, and was fasting and praying for the anger to leave. But I haven't. I, I've just been reading my Bible. I've just been coming to church. I've, I've just been living life, and, and I've seen God take me from glory to glory as I look back and think there are situations where anger could have risen up and I could have done this or that. But Maddie brings it to my attention and I thought, wow, that was a perfect situation where my normal flesh would have taken over. But there's an upward calling. There's a from glory to glory to glory that God wants to take us out of the things that we've been struggling with throughout our lives. And now I'm looking as I'm walking that it's not the big ones. God's, God's not telling me, hey, don't, don't murder. Oh, thanks, God, I needed you to tell me that today. I was, I was really going to murder today. I was really, it wasn't the big ones. But now God's just putting his finger on some things that sometimes I don't even know that's there. Hey, what about this? Hey, what if we change this? He's calling me higher. He's calling me and trying to bring me from glory to glory. He's not trying to pull me back down to the miry clay. God has called us with the opportunity for an overall overhaul, say that 17 times fast, of our lives once in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. The beauty of the upward call is not that he's just called you out of sin, that he's provided a way of escape for you to just overcome sin. He's got you right there, but now this scripture shows you the over and abundance of what God wants to do in your life. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And the opportunity that's available to you to go from glory to glory to glory as you spend your time with God. The next verse, or back to 23 please. It says, your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That God is making available for every aspect of our lives to be blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. That's a pretty high upward call. I start having questions. Everything? Even, even this guy? Even, even that? Spirit, soul, and body. An overall overhaul. Everything, he's calling you higher. God's calling for you is part of a bigger picture and plan. He doesn't want you focused on your self-improvement your whole Christian life because he wants to work and accomplish his plan on earth. God's main goal and focus is to empty hell and fill heaven. It's our goal, being the church, is to pull as many people out of hell and get them into heaven. 2 Timothy 1.9 Paul says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, 
but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So we see this progression of the calling that he has for us, this upward calling that he has for us. He's calling us out of sin. He's saying, quit looking at the sin and look for the way of escape that I've provided us. He's calling out of that transformation of you. Okay, we've, we've gotten the sin out the way. Okay, what's the next glory step? Okay, well, I want to transform you in your whole spirit, soul, and body. I want to completely help you out in whatever you need. Okay, all right, check that. We've overcome the sin obstacle. We've overcome my own physical, mental, and emotional, and spiritual limitations. You've helped me in that. Okay, well, here's the next step of going upward. He says, I've got this plan and purpose that I need you for to go out that I've planned since before time, and I need you. You're a part of the body of Christ. I need you to go and be blessed and be a blessing. Progression of the upward call. I think a lot of us Christians get caught in that sin struggle. Oh, I just keep falling in the same sin. I just keep struggling here. I just keep struggling here. God says, no, 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 we've got to get past that. Glory to glory. Get past that. Okay, well, I'm still just dealing with this in, in my mind, in my body, and I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, okay, I've called you to be whole. Okay, we've got to get past that. Okay, okay. He's called you to walk out this Christian life. The Scriptures, what he tells Adam and Eve is be fruitful and multiply. Go out and subdue the earth. You as Christians are called to go out and subdue whatever aspect of the earth you are a part of. Sometimes it's so hard to go and subdue when we're stuck internally in our own mind. There's an upward calling of bringing us from glory to glory. And I'm almost done. You see, God's upward call is going to look different than the world's success. His calling is going to look different than the world's success. We've talked about this before, how Christianity is different than the earth. If you want to be greatest in the kingdom, you've got to be a servant. You've got to be the least of these. If you want to reap, you've, you've got to sow. If you want to... We see in the scriptures in Paul, he talks about these men who have turned the world upside down because of their thinking, because of, of what's going on in their lives. That we see in the scriptures that there are truths that are contradictory to what happens in the world. Well, if I want to become rich and successful, then I need to push everybody off the ladder of success. I'm not going to help one single person up. That's how I've got to get to the top, by stepping on and kicking down everybody else. God says, no, 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 it's inverted in the kingdom. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to be a servant. You've got to help everybody. Somebody, somehow by helping everybody, we rise to the top. So we have this upward calling. When we hear this calling, sometimes we get these, these connotations of what we see in the real world. Well, if I, if I say yes to God's calling, he's going to send me to a, a mud hut 
in Africa somewhere. We get terrified that God's going to call us to do something that we don't want to do. He's going to tell me to go here. It's too hot. There's, there's lions in Africa. They'll kill me. I can't go, can't go here. I can't go there. We get scared because we have this connotation of what we heard other people's calling, and we think that that's going to be our calling. Well, we also have this other extreme of understanding that with God, just all these things are going to happen. We see that in life, it says in the scriptures that it rains on the just and unjust. That things happen in this life. But how does God's calling, what does that look like? How can we explain that in a practical sense? Well, let's look at the life of the Apostle Paul. The life of the Apostle Paul, at his beginning in Acts, he's at the, the top of the, the food chain when it comes to Pharisees. He's trained by the best Pharisee that's out there. He's got the best teaching. He's making all the money. Everybody knows him. Remember when they stoned Stephen? He's standing there, and it says they go and bring and lay their coats down at his feet. He's the biggest religious leader of the time, trained by the best. I mean, if he's on the earth right now, he's got mega book deals. He's going out and preaching and teaching everywhere. But at the root of it, he was a murderer. He was killing Christians. And then, God knocked him off his horse, literally and figuratively, at the same time. He says, why are you persecuting me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul starts putting two and two together real quick, and he says, who are you, Lord? And all of a sudden, the upward calling begins in his life. What does that upward calling look like? Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, now has the most revelation, has probably the closest relationship with Jesus that any human has ever had. He writes letters as he builds churches not knowing that these letters would then one day become the Word of God. He goes out and he ministers, he heals, he restores, he saves, all by the Spirit of God. That upward calling also brought some earthly frustrations. Because when you step into that upward calling, people are going to start asking you questions. Who do you think you are? Why are you always blessed? Why does God help you and not help me? And you see the frustration of the earth come against. Now that's not how it looks. Earthly success, whenever I'm at the top of the food chain, people want to be me. People want my autograph, people want to give me money, people want to do all these things. 
but it's upside down. The most fulfillment is when you're closest to God, and when you're closest to God, sometimes the earth doesn't know how to handle that. You believe what? You believe God can heal you? You can believe God can restore you? God's done what for you? I know who you are. I know what sins you've done. I've seen you on social media. Who do you think you are? We see in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 8, this is Paul speaking. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. When you truly experience the upward call of God, when you truly experience that transformation of going from glory to glory to glory, the things of this earth, like Paul says, are rubbish. They don't become something that I'm trying to obtain and I'm trying to achieve. I'm not trying to strive and, and make money. I'm not trying to strive and do all these things because it says in the scriptures that God's going to meet my needs. It says in the scriptures that he's going to provide, he's going to heal. So it puts all it back on God that he's going to meet. So now I'm not worried about the frustrations of life. In the upward calling, when I'm with him, he opens the doors. He brings the jobs. He brings the raises. He brings the houses. He brings the cars. He brings the wife. He brings the husband. He fixes this, he fixes that. He does those things. When you're up in the upward call, the peace is there. There's no stress, there's no striving, there's no fear, there's none of those things because he's taking you from glory to glory. So now I can sit and rest and relax in him and know that he's faithful. Know that if he's done it once, he'll do it again. In John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Tribulations are going to come. When you walk in that upward calling, tribulations are going to come. Bad things happen to good people. Adam and Eve ate that fruit, sin entered the earth, and sin is ravaging the earth. We see it everywhere we go. You see the effect of sin. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. If you keep working for sin, eventually you're going to get paid. You're going to get that paycheck. The ultimate one is death. Consequences to our actions, but... God has provided a way of escape for us. We as Christians don't have to be held down by that chain of sin anymore. We don't have to. We're above that. The upward calling. He's pulled us up out of sin. You don't have to be stuck in the habitual sin cycle that we always hear people talk about. It can be broken today because you are righteous. You are in a position of righteousness right now. The upward calling is fixing you completely. 
body, mind, spirit, soul, everything. That's God's purpose and plan is to fix you, to heal you, to restore you. And why does he want to do those things? So you can go out and live life. God came to give life and more abundantly. He came to give you life so that you don't have to worry, you don't have to fret, you don't have to be fearful, you don't have to be scared, you don't have to be anxious, you don't have to be nervous, you don't have to be nauseous, you don't have to be any of those things because in the upward calling with God, He is with you and He's bringing you from glory to glory. It's time that we answer that call. It's a big call. It's a lofty call. And it's available to each and every one of us, not just as me as a pastor, not just because somebody's on staff or on stage. Everyone has the opportunity to walk in that upward call that God has called us to do. Hopefully you choose that today, amen? Let's stand up today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this upward call that you've given us, you've freely given us this ability and this access to you. That we don't have to deal with sin anymore. And we choose today to not look for the sin. We choose today to look for the way of escape that you've provided. That we don't have to look for or strive for to try and provide. It says that you've already provided. And if we can avoid temptation, then we can avoid sin. Father, I thank you that right now that you are healing people in their bodies. Father, you are healing people in their minds. Father, you are healing people in their spirit right now, whole body transformation, that you're taking us from glory to glory. And God, I thank you that when I got saved, that as I've walked through life with you, that I'm not where I used to be, but that I have continually grown, not because of who I am, but because of who you are in me and where you're calling me to, Father. Father, as you complete a total, total restoration on our lives we can just go out and live life we don't have to be weighed down by the burdens of insecurity the burdens of sin the burdens of am i good enough is the burdens of does god care about me the burdens of does god love me does god want me we don't have to worry about those anymore because it says you've already called us you've already brought us into your family and we can just go out and live life and every step we take we say god is this the calling is this where you want me to be? Is this where I'm supposed to go? If, it tell, if you tell me to go here, I'll go. If you tell me to sit here, I'll sit. If you tell me to stay, I'll stay. If you tell me to leave, I'll leave, Father. I'm listening to your calling. If you tell me to witness to that person, I'll do it. If you tell me to give to my enemy, I'll give, Father. I'll open my hands because I've seen you open your hands time and time again. Father, we know that tribulation is going to come. But we're going to have cheer. We know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to smile. When tribulation comes our way, we are going to smile because we know that we've already overcome. The victory is already ours. We're not going to play victim anymore. We're going to be the victor in every opportunity that we have. Father, I thank you for your people here. I thank you that they're healed. I thank you that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield. They have favor with God and with man. Father, I thank you that they are all salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill. We refuse to be hidden. We will go out and live our life, and we will show people the goodness of God. We will show people what God can do when he transforms our lives. Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week, and bring them back safely 
on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next Sunday. Take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.